0: Well, coming to our reading, uh, Mark chapter 5 and verse 24 to 34. It's on page 840. And this episode of the healing of this, this poor woman with this serious medical condition. Jesus says to her, uh, Daughter, your faith has made you well. So, what is faith? Is it something that you know isn't true? But if you kind of believe hard enough, it might come true. Is that faith? Or is it like a sort of power lead and Jesus is the battery and faith is, as it were, plugging into the power? you just got to make sure you have the right sort of adapter, the right sort of faith. And then if you've got the right sort of faith, what is faith? And what has this episode got to do with the carol we've just been singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing"? What we do is we'll divide our time into two. Please have that passage open in front of you, page 814 of the Church Bibles. The first thing we'll do is simply look at the narrative. Let's just follow through what happens. So we we'll pick it up at verse 24. A great crowd followed Jesus and thronged about him. Picture the scene. There's this great sea of people. And it's surging and ebbing and flowing. If you've ever been in a crowd, you know the sort of effect. Here it is, a great sea of people. At the heart of it all, the one they're thronging is Jesus himself. But Mark homes in on this unnamed woman, verse 25, and there was a woman who had had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. She'd heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. Now, Mark's portrait of this woman is very sympathetic. Um, She has a discharge of blood. It's It's a woman's problem. And in that first century Jewish world with its strict quarantine laws, a discharge of blood would have made that woman unclean. And therefore she would have been excluded from much of everyday life, and particularly excluded from the religious life of the nation. And of course, if anyone then touched her, then these quarantine regulations would say, then you become unclean. And you have to go through a whole process of purification uh, before, for you, normal life could be resumed. So people would avoid her and her condition is shameful. She feels very ashamed about it. And it's been like that for 12 very unhappy years. Just imagine what it must be like for this woman, um, let alone the the, the physical discomfort and distress. She's been on the fringes of her family, of the community, of the worship of uh, God's people for, for 12 years. And not only that, verse 26, she had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. As we no doubt imagine, medicine was very primitive. Uh, the world would be full of quacks, uh, promising cures if you're prepared to, to pay for them. Uh, in the Middle Ages, uh, when it came to surgery, uh, farmers were much in demand. Presumably if you're, if you're good with animals, then you must be good at operating on people and uh, farmers would treat anything from toothache to uh, cataracts and uh, I was reading some middle-aged cures for toothache and one of the cures uh, required for toothache for painless tooth extraction it might come useful one day for you painless tooth extraction there was a recipe that uh, said you need to get some newts and get some particular beetles it says that you find in the summer and you grind the newts and the beetles together you make a nice paste you slap it on the painful tooth and you can extract the tooth uh, painlessly well who knows then what this poor woman has been through what she's been suffering at the hands of these so-called doctors and to make it worse she's had to pay for the privilege and then after all of that it doesn't work things are only getting worse and now the money's running out. So you can imagine, her life must be a nightmare. She's sick, she's suffering, she's unclean, she's untouchable, she's penniless, she's alone, and it's getting worse and worse and worse, and there's no hope of recovery unless, verse 27, she'd heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment, for she said, if I touch even his garments... I will be made well. It's a daring plan, isn't it? Will it work? She's heard the reports about Jesus. Here's the Jesus. He heals the sick. But how can she approach him? She can't approach him face to face because she's unclean. And she doesn't feel she can explain to him the problem because, well, it's a very shameful thing, isn't it? And she's too ashamed. And besides... If Jesus touches her, well, then of course, that will, in the quarantine regulations, that will make him unclean. So what is she to do? What's this, this very daring plan. What if, I, what if I creep up behind him? And I'm concealed in the, in the jostling crowd. And what if, what if I just touch his garments? And in the parallel account of Matthew's gospel, it says that the fringe or the border of his garments. Just a touch, just a finger, the fringe of his garments, maybe I'll be healed. And no one will ever know I was there. Just a touch, the fringe of his garment creeping up behind him. There's something more that's going on in their plan than meets the eye. And we'll come back to that. But it's a daring plan, isn't it? Will it work? Well, let's watch. There's this great thronging crowd, this great sea of people. There's Jesus in the middle of it. Everyone's touching him. But as you watch the film, if you say, there, quick, freeze the frame, you'll see there's a hand. That's all you can see, just a hand reaching out to touch the garment. Next frame, it's gone. Did it work? verse 29. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. So 12 long years, one encounter with Jesus creeping up behind him, touching his garment, and she's cured in an instant. Think of her body, it must be So anemic, must not it? This weary, anemic body, it's dying. It's a dying body, but now her body lives again. She can feel it straight away. It's like resurrection. Life is returning to her. Deep within her, life is returning. And she, she feels it. And of course, if she feels it, Jesus feels it, verse 30. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowds. He turns around and he said, "'Who touched my garments?' So her gain is his loss. Her healing is at his expense. Power goes out from him. He's aware. Something's happened. "'Who touched my garments?' You can see the disciples' reaction. Verse 31, his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you and you say, who touched me? You see, they're completely incredulous. I mean, it's ridiculous, Lord. Are you serious? There's this great crowd. Everyone's touching you. Everyone's got their hands on you. And you're asking the question, who touched you? How can we single out one touch when everyone's touching you? Verse 32, and he looked round to see who had done it you can see him as we're we're looking over the the heads of the of the crowd Who, who was it where what what happened but of course our woman is already making her escape shielded by the crowd but when she hears jesus voice he must have said it loud enough for her to hear who touched my garments there's something in that voice isn't there the voice is irresistible And it stops her in her tracks. She can't go. She has to come back. Verse 33, the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She's been discovered. And she's shaking. Not so much in terror, but in awe, because she's discovered the true identity of the healer. Here is the Christ. Christ means king. Here's the promised one. Here's the king to end all kings. That's who she's before. The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She's before the king. She's been outed. It was me. So What does Jesus do? Does he scold her, rebuke her, humiliate her? Does he say, You know what the law says? And how can you, an unclean woman, how do you have the audacity to come and touch me? Is that what he says? Well, that's not his way. He doesn't shout, doesn't slam doors, doesn't stamp his feet. A bruised reed. He won't break, and a smoking wick he won't quench. And therefore, these words are beautiful, aren't they? Verse 34, he said to a daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Can you see his smile? Can you see the warmth in his eyes? The tenderness in his voice. She dared to approach the king only to find that the touching point was his gentleness. So he reassures her. She's done nothing wrong. Far from it. You believed I could help you. You trusted me to help you. Your trust has not been misplaced. Your faith has made you well. And it's more than physical healing, isn't it? Jesus says to her, go in peace beautiful words, something she's not known for for 12 long, hard years. He's given to her her life back. In fact, he's done more than that. He's given to her a new life. She's now restored to her community. She's no longer unclean, but clean. She's healed. She's happy. Put a new song in her mouth. And more than that, what does Jesus call her? He says to her, daughter, she's a child of the king, openly identified with Jesus. So do you see, her healing is total. It's a life reborn. And Jesus has done it all. And he's done it all at cost to himself. She came to him with nothing in her hands. They were empty hands. She had nothing to give to him. But she came to him in faith, and even though he had his back to her, through faith, Jesus has made her whole. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. So that's the narrative. So point number two, what then is faith? Where does it begin? Well, it begins with seeing my need. This woman is overwhelmed by a sense of need. She's unwell, unclean, utterly ashamed, all of which drives her to Jesus. She'd heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garments. So faith, its starting point is to see my need, to see my need of Jesus. So have you seen your need? After all, you too are unclean. Perhaps not in the way this woman uh, is described as as here, but actually we're all unclean in a way that's far more profound and deeply rooted than the experience of this woman. Hear what Jesus says just a couple of chapters on. This is Mark chapter 7. Jesus said what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. They make a person unclean. So do you hear what Jesus says? He says, deep inside me... All the way down, from the very top to the bottom, all the way down, I am unclean. Look at that list. For from within, out of the heart of man, come. It's quite a list, isn't it? Evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Those things are continually, as it were, bubbling up from within me filling my thoughts and my words and my motivations and my actions. I am capable of any wickedness. I am unclean all the way down. And I'm therefore unfit for God's holy presence. Sometimes we get a glimpse of ourselves, don't we? Aren't there times when you want to hide in the crowd? to be unseen, to be unnoticed. Things that you don't want anyone else to know about. Afraid of being discovered. Things of which you are utterly ashamed you want nobody else to know about. Shameful secrets. I'm unclean. But Jesus makes the unclean clean. And so faith is seeing my need to be made clean. And that it's Jesus who makes the unclean clean. Have you seen your need? Uh, one Sunday, actually it's probably many Sundays, but one particular Sunday I was, uh, I was stuffing my face at lunch. At the end of lunch I said, oh, I said, my trousers are too tight. Um, and then somebody pointed out... Uh, That that my trousers weren't to blame. Um, My trousers were too tight because I'd eaten too much. But we all blame our trousers, don't we? It's never really my fault. You know, something we all do. We get angry, don't we? We get get grumpy, angry, we strike out. And what do we say? I say I was angry because I was let down. I was angry because I've had a terrible week. I was angry because so-and-so said the wrong thing. Oh, I've got a temper. I've always had a temper. And what are we doing? We're shifting the blame. Why can't I just say I was angry? Because actually, I'm mean and selfish, and when the universe doesn't revolve around me, when I think it should revolve around me, I get angry and think I deserve better. I think, well, if I was in charge, it shouldn't be happening like this. But do you see, we shift the blame... To something outside ourselves we, we all say my my trousers are too tight but the bible says on judgment day there'll be no one to blame except me and under the arc lights of god's holy gaze my uncleanness will be laid bare it'll be there to be seen and if as the bible says the wages of sin is death and beyond the judgment is eternity, then when my uncleanness is fully revealed, I therefore face eternal punishment in that other place. All of which means I am in need of rescue. I'm unclean. Unclean in God's eyes. I therefore need to be made clean. Not not like a sort of veneer of cleanness, just sort of patching up my life, clean all the way down, right down to the very bottom of my being, the bottom of my heart. And the only one who can do that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So faith is seeing my need of Jesus, the one who makes the unclean clean. But it goes further still. Back to our woman. She knew all about faith. How many doctors had she put her faith in? How many of those doctors had she trusted? You know, she went to them, um, she paid for the, the privilege handsomely. They said, Do this, take that. And whatever they said, that she did. She followed their instructions. I need to discover that they were not worthy of her trust. Suffered much under many physicians. Maybe she felt, well, this time it'll be different. This one seems to have a nice manner about it, this one seems to be talking about some cure. I'll trust this one, I'll trust this one, I'll trust this one. I'll have one more last trust. But each time it comes to nothing. She suffered much under many physicians. But Jesus is different. He is worthy of her trust. And she comes to him in all her need. And as she comes, unlike these other physicians who were not worthy of her trust, she has nothing to give. Nothing to give in exchange for healing. But the healing that Jesus gives is free. And any charge is laid to his account. That's why it says, verse 30, Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him. But look again. She heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. What's going on here? Is she being superstitious? You know, he's a holy man, if I touch his holy garments, I'll be made well. When I spent a little bit of time in, in Northern Ireland, um, some of them called me bones. Because in Northern Ireland, there was the, there was the bleeding bone of Brother Gerard. And uh, the bleeding bone of Brother Gerard, if you got near to it or came into contact with it, had healing properties, which is superstition. Is she just being superstitious? Here's a, here's a holy man with holy clothes, and if I touch the holy clothes, then I'll be made well. Perhaps there's more going on here than meets the eye. And, and a good friend uh, helped me on this. Verse 28 If I touch even his garments, I'll be made well. Or as it says in Matthew that the fringe, the hem, the border of his garment. Is she being superstitious? Or maybe, maybe this woman knows the Jewish scriptures. Maybe actually she knows exactly what she's doing. You see, the, the Hebrew word for border, as in the border of a garment, is also the Hebrew word for wing. Border, wings, it's the same word. Now think about that. We just sang, didn't we? Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It's got a verse. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. Where did Charles Wesley get his imagery from? Risen with healing in his wings. Well, he got it from the prophet Malachi. Old Testament Scriptures, Malachi chapter 4, verse 2, but for you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. And some translations say with healing in His wings. Wings could be translated borders. You could, you could translate that same verse, the Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in His borders. Interesting. Because the borders of a garment, the fringes of a garment, can also be described as the wings of a garment. It's not so strange, is it? If you have a long garment, if someone wraps a a cloak around you, you might say that if they're wrapping their cloak around you, you're sheltering in their wings, in the folds of their garment. So see how it all fits together. Verse 27, she'd heard the reports about Jesus. Could this man be the Christ? Could this one who's been promised by the prophets from long ago, and what's promised about him? He's the son of righteousness with healing in his wings. So if I can just touch those wings, the wings, the border, the fringes of his garment, I should be made well. Or she said, if I touch even his garments, even his wings, I shall be made well. And of course, that's exactly what happens. So far from these actions being the actions of a, a superstitious woman, like sort of you know, option of last resort, a forlorn hope, and it seems to turn out okay, what actually appears to be going on is actually she sees the Christ. She comes to him, and she trusts him to rescue her, and she finds healing in his wings. But The woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. But for, for you who fear my name, the Son of righteousness shall rise with healing in his wings. Fear and trembling. Because now she really does know who this is. And therefore, how sweet to her ears is Jesus' reply. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. She touches the wings of his garment, only to find as it where he wraps his wings around her. Isn't that beautiful, isn't it? She finds refuge, she finds healing under his wings. So do you see, faith sees my need, my need of rescue. Faith sees my need of Jesus, that only he makes the unclean clean. Only he can heal the wicked heart. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't say, look, I know about those things. I've heard the reports and I agree with those reports. And I'm satisfied that he really does do those things. He really is the healer, the saviour. Faith is then coming to Jesus. So what she did, wasn't it? She came to Jesus to be healed. And that's what faith is. It's not just knowing about it. It's coming to Jesus to find healing in his wings. Daughter, your faith has made you well. So as you wrap all this up, tonight, are you unclean? Have you seen that? You're unclean all the way down. There's no good in you. You're unclean all the way down. The real me, the real me, the real you, says Jesus. What does it look like? From within, deep down inside, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within. They're there already. And they defile a person; they make a person unclean. Have you seen that's you, the real you, that personal history, those shameful secrets, so much more? The times when you feel I want to hide, I don't want to be seen, I want to disappear into the crowd, I want to be undiscovered. They're just little reminders of what's really going on. But says the Bible, you're already discovered. You can't hide from God. God sees. God knows. He's always seen, always known. And you're unfit for his holy presence, and you're unfit for a holy heaven. Have you seen that you're unclean? Well, Jesus makes the unclean clean. All of which means that you need Jesus. Jesus. Do you know that? You need him. Do you know that? Has that penny dropped? Has it gone down into you? Have You caught that? I'm unclean. I'm unready. I'm ready for the judgment. I need Jesus. I need him. Has that dropped yet? Well, if it has come to him. That's faith. It's coming to Him. And you come and you say, Lord, forgive me. Change me. Heal me. Save me. Make me whole. It's not just knowing about Jesus or even believing, believing that Jesus saves. It is you, yourself, coming to Him to save you. That's faith. It's coming under His wings for healing, for refuge. That's faith. It's trusting Him to save you. That's faith faith. So will you come to Jesus? No matter what you've done, will you come? No matter how far you feel that you are from God, will you come? No matter how times you've rejected him. Maybe you've heard this gospel so many times and so many times you've pushed it into the distance. Well, maybe tonight. Maybe you came here tonight and you were set upon not becoming a Christian. well, come to Jesus Christ. No matter how unclean you are, how far away you feel yourself to be, how ashamed you are, come. And of course, as you come to Jesus, you have nothing to give to Him. Your hands are empty. She came to Him with the empty hand, because the healing that He brings, the salvation that He brings is free You don't have to pay anything for it. You don't have to give a religious duty for it. It's free. Any charge for the healing is put to Jesus' account. That's why he went to the cross. Because on that cross, my uncleanness is given to him. That's why he's washed in spittle. He was punished in my place. And his spotless purity, his cleanness, is given to me so that I can enjoy peace with God. He was wounded that I might be healed. And he was surrendered to hell's worst that I might enjoy heaven's best. When every unclean thought and every sinful deed was scourged upon his back and hammered through his feet, the innocent is cursed, the guilty are released. The punishment of God on God has brought me peace. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. It's a healing forgiveness that goes right down into my being, all the way down, making me ultimately clean all the way down. It's a new heart, a new beginning, a new you. A new direction, a new destination. Safe from the judgment to come. Safe beneath the shelter of his wings. So faith is simple, isn't it? It's coming to Jesus. It's trusting him to save me. And what I bring with me is nothing, nothing but my sin, nothing but my uncleanness. But it's that very sin and uncleanness that qualifies me to come to Jesus. Now, I may feel my faith is very small, but but a trembling hand that touches his garment, even when we feel he has his back to us, is enough maybe you feel i'd love to have faith but i have no faith well tonight come to jesus and he'll give you faith and he's here tonight you don't have to break cover tonight i was asking you to put your hand up say something at the end of the service you don't have to break cover tonight in the quietness of your heart You can steal up to him. Maybe you feel that's easiest. I don't want to face him. I don't want to face him. I want to come up behind him. I really do feel tonight there's somebody here who is getting closer and closer and closer, but they've just not touched him yet. I really do feel that. And I feel that Jesus put it for you in this lovely, simple way. You don't have to come up to him face to face. He says, it's fine, I'll I'll have my back to you. As though I don't know you're there. Somebody here who's who's there, so close. And he says, "I'll, I'll turn my back to you so it's like I pretend you're not there and in your heart, without saying anything to anyone, steal up to me and just touch me. Just touch me. All he's asking, you're unclean. He makes the unclean clean. So come to him. He'll know when you've touched him. And you'll know because he'll wrap his wings around you. And you'll be healed. And you'll be forgiven. And you'll be safe. And he'll say to you, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the account of this woman. We thank you all for the reassurance that it gives to us. Lord, sometimes we feel intimidated by all of this. We feel that we're the last person ever to approach the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you tonight that, that Lord, we can come up behind him, that he's happy for us to do that, to turn his back to us so that we don't have to face him, and that touch is enough. We ask our God that you would draw us, draw us irresistibly, speak kindly, gently, winsomely to us, Draw us to yourself and that we might find that wonderful healing and forgiveness and peace with you this night because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.